Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. 7 a.m. Hello and welcome to Bad Romance. I'm Jordan Searles. And I'm Bronwyn Isaac. And this week we have a guest. Introduce yourself. Oh, hi, I'm Dan Perlman. Hello, thank you for having me. Dan is a very funny guy and has pretty good taste in film. So we thought, you know, maybe it's time to bring a man on the pod that's not Kyle <laughs> real quick. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You're our first not Kyle man. Yeah. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah, it is true. Wow, what an honor. Yeah. That's like, you're breaking. Um, I don't know. Would it be a glass ceiling? What, what kind of ceiling would it be? I don't know. Maybe it's a ceiling made of like beef jerky, like a man's ceiling. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's every, every man's ceiling is beef jerky. Yes. The beef jerky is falling apart now. You've, you've just like released a new level of freedom. I was thinking about it because Kyle just got back from Rite Aid and he got a bunch of important groceries and beef jerky. <laughs> I mean, you need snacks still. I have salt and vinegar chips and I'm, I'm saving them. I'm like, okay, I'm going to save this snack for when I really need it. Wow, that's really good self-discipline. <laughs> well, I haven't been doing that with alcohol, so you okay. know I've got to find yeah. it somewhere. I've been <laughs> eating almond vanilla granola, almond vanilla granola, which I don't like that much. Which is great for you know portion control because I only just have a little bit of it. That's I mean that that kind of sounds awesome. It sounds delicious to me, but I mean like. I'm just I'm getting used to eating granola as like a thing. Like I get that that's they put it in the bags. It's supposed to be a snack, but it still tastes like medicine to me. Right. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the film that we're doing this week is yes. 2005's Fever Pitch, based on the Nick Hornsby book, and there is also a version that was made in the 90s in the UK where it was supposed to be starring Colin Firth. So Jimmy Fallon in this movie is playing Colin Firth. Which I makes a lot of sense. Very honestly. important. <laughs> I think that's crucial knowledge to have. Well, I didn't even, I didn't even realize, because when I looked it up, I saw, oh, there's another thing by that title, The Fever Pitch in the 90s. But I didn't even realize that, was that the same... Yeah, it's, it's a more, like, faithful thing for the book because Nick Hornsby is British, and so he wrote it about a guy that was obsessed with soccer. So that's originally what it's about, a guy that's obsessed with soccer. <laughs> Which is, like, a very different vibe than, like, a Boston guy obsessed with the Red Sox. Right. Very, very different. Like, automatically, very different movie. This adaptation was directed by the Ferrelli brothers, um, which favorites. I, think, I think during this quarantine I am going to achieve <laughs> watching all of their movies because I've been watching their movies nonstop, not because I like them, but because this is just what I'm doing now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're like, you don't get the rush of almost walking into traffic. So you just watch their movies. To Kyle and I watched Hall Pass and. <laughs> I saw Hall Pass. I, I haven't seen Hall Pass. So I guess. You're good. You're, you're okay. You're okay. No, I mean, okay. we're going to do it on the podcast. Now that we've seen, now that we've seen Hall Pass, we have to do you're, Hall Pass. You're, um, you're all right. It's in the but, stuff. Uh, oh, and this was written by Lowell Gans and Babalu Mandel, who are like writing partners, mostly known for their work in the nineties. So. That's who's behind this, and it's starring Drew Barrymore, Jimmy Fallon, a bunch of other people. Katie Strickland. Oh yeah, she's in there. Ioni Sky is in there, which it was like it was like an hour in, and I was like, "That's Ioni Sky." It took me a long time How to connect she who she was. It? Also, I was like, "She looks familiar," but I don't know if it's just because like she has really nice teeth, you know. And I see a lot of people with nice teeth in movies, or if she's a person that I know. And then I was like, "It is. It is yeah. her." It is, it is Say Anything's Ioni Sky. Um, and so this movie, uh, what are your thoughts, Bronwyn? Kyle hated it, but you know, Kyle hates most of the movies that we cover. <laughs> oh, um, I wouldn't go full hate. I'd, I'd say from one to 10 hate, like maybe five. Like it's very much in the middle for me because there's aspects that I enjoy um, that I'll get into. But overall, I didn't really, I didn't really get their relationship. Like, I felt like it was too thin for me to care. 
No, I, I don't get why she wanted to fuck him. Like, like they, there's a part <laughs> in the movie where they say, where she basically says that they fuck after every game. And I just think that that is why. <laughs> you don't want to fuck yeah. Jimmy Fallon every day? After every game? Every <laughs> game they go home and fuck? Like, she, like, there's a part, she does, like, their whole schedule. It's like, I go to work, I leave work early to get to the game, we do the game, we come home at 11, and then we fuck all night. Th- those and aren't the words that she uses, but basically, she says, we fuck all night, and then I'm tired in the morning. <laughs> and then, and this isn't football where it's just games are on Sundays. She's, there's three games a week. Yeah, so they said have I a go good to three games life. a week. Yes, they have a great sex life. I guess that answers all my questions about why they're together. No, it doesn't. No, because okay, <laughs> it doesn't make the movie good or the relationship good. But I'm like, oh, it's a, it's just a, really a sex relationship, and they don't know that yet. They it's think just, it's more just a physical thing. Well, yeah, like okay, so um, Kyle had no idea that um, Jimmy Fallon was in movies, so I went through like his whole like IMDb, and I realized that he was only starring in movies. From 2004 to 2009. So from when his last season in SNL was 2004. And then he started being a late night host in 2009. So it's like between that weird window of time, he tried to be an actor and it didn't work. And he just went back to television, essentially. Like a movie. He gave up movies. He has not like played a significant role in a movie since 2009. Yeah. I mean, he's been busy with you know it's just funny you could you could just have five years where it's like all right i guess it didn't work to be a movie star i guess i'll just be one of the biggest late night hosts in the world you know just a a little career pivot i guess my fallback will just be the tonight show yeah (laughs) yeah one of the whitest reaching comedy shows uh, he went right from late night the late night with jimmy fallon to the tonight show with jimmy fallon with almost no break right yeah I mean, the screen loves him, whether whether it's in a movie or, or late night. I actually like him as a comedic actor. Um, like, I thought he did a good job in this movie. I just you think his did? character is really annoying. Yeah. You really did? His character was written so bad. I don't know how he could have sold it. I thought, uh, yeah, I was really expecting to uh, hate this movie way more than I did. That's not to say I liked it but I was expecting to really hate it. Um, but I thought he did a pretty good job in it only because he's like, he's kind of playing very close to him. Like the character is very much like uh, a man boy. And, uh, and he is that, you know what I mean? Like that he is that guy. So he was sort of staying within himself a little bit. And I thought their, their banter and stuff was good. I just thought the character itself was pretty it was just pretty like gross and there was like no there's no reason she should be with him which is maybe a very common thing and that becomes more and more the fact that she's still with him is like more and more gross as the movie goes on yeah yeah it is it, it like more and more gross and like watching him not hear her every time they have a, a serious conversation him just like not get it he always looks and, distracted when she's talking like he's just waiting for his turn to talk i think like and it just made me hate him because i also i mean i've known men like that so right. like it wasn't like an alien thing but it was just like really he is just booting up waiting to speak this entire time <laughs> Also, the kind of the logic didn't really make sense to me where it's like it's where at first because she's this like high powered business lady, you know, and her friends are like, can you really date a teacher? And so like that's the debate. And then she's like, well, I'll date a teacher. But then it's like there's almost never an issue with her friends of like, can you date this like child who loves the Red Sox? Really, the only concern is like a teacher. And it's like, what? It's like, at least that's like an adult's job. But it's like, meanwhile, he's like, we don't see her with her friends as much being like, I don't know, can I date this like child (laughs) who is just fully obsessed with the baseball team and doesn't give a shit about me? Well, the friends were weird because it, like, there were times where I felt like, okay, this reminds me of a group of women that exist in the world. And then there were times where it just kind of seemed like they were all supposed to stand for types of women. And it just kind of seemed like the guys who wrote this were just like, these are the five types of women that we know. (laughs) 
(laughs) the five women. And so they're like, well, we don't know how to actually make their relationships three dimensional because we're just writing these like paper dolls. So when, when uh, Drew Barrymore has relationship issues, they don't actually have anything to say about that. They're like, well, we had our opinions and that's our one opinion. I don't understand. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I don't understand why the, the thick cute one was with the skinny ones. (laughs) Like, I just kept on thinking, she's funny. She's cool. Why does she talk to them? Yeah, I was, like, did, were they all college friends? Like, I don't I don't know. Like, did they like meet weird, at, like, like that fake, dynamic. like, soul cycle class? Like, what what is their friendship history? It's so I mean, weird because, yeah, especially, like, in the gym scene when, like, she's just, like, so out of breath. It's like, it's like oh, every group has to have the fat friend. It's like, you know, maybe she wants to work out in a different way. Maybe she could be at another part of the gym. Like, why is she here? It just seems like they were all friends in high school and she still hangs out with them and she doesn't realize that she can go find friends who aren't like skinny and terrifying. I just didn't like that. I feel like she could have other friends and she talks shit about these friends to those friends. (laughs) Because it's just like, they're just so intense. And they're and like, and because they're so skinny, they just have all these like sharp angles. It's like, Yisma, <laughs> you don't like the way they look. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> like yeah. Ioni Sky is fine. But the other one, Katie Strickland was like really stressing me out. She just seems like, a, like the, like the nightmare of any PTA. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I guess they're the side characters. The only ones that I liked were her parents, Drew Barrymore's parents. There's like one exchange where he's just like telling some boring story and he's just like, this guy, Dave Johnson. And she's like, uh, oh, it's Jensen. He's like, no, it's Johnson. I don't know why that little exchange of like, oh, that's kind of what a couple would do. Just like <laughs> not really know a name. But I don't know. I, li- I guess I liked it less and less as it went on because it just felt like, I mean, he's just like one of those characters that's like the nice guy, but then you look at all of his actions and there's like really nothing nice about him, you know? He's like, only yeah. like a nice guy because his friends are like not like not real people. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, he's the most yeah. normal one. <laughs> yeah, but like nothing he does is nice. She's like brings her laptop to the game to like do work and he's like why how can you work at Fenway and or she like brings him to Paris and he's like I'm missing the game and she and, and there's almost never she like never objects to any of it but I don't I don't really get the appeal after a certain point it's just like yeah well at the this point is a full where- projection but just having dated uh women who are like career driven and stuff there's just like no time where they'd be going to three games a week and be okay with like, you know, me being a dick about it. Right. I'm a professional like film critic and I would not go to three games a week. <laughs> I would not do it. Oh, sorry, Brown, when I cut you off. Oh no. I mean, yeah, I was just going to say like, I, him getting mad and also all his friends are assholes to her too. Like at the games, they're all just like, Oh, she's not a fan. Like she's a fake fan. And then she brings her laptop and they're, they're talking shit about her. They're like, what's with her in the laptop? And I'm like, what's with y'all and your weird life? Like yeah. leave her alone. Let, like, the, like she's not judging you. Let right. her be. Yeah. Can we talk like, about why he doesn't have a cell phone? That's I was, like, w- Oh yeah, my God. Really I hated weird. that so much. I was like, what, what are they trying to say with that character trait? Like why? I don't know. It's like it's like he it's like it um he doesn't want to be reliable. Like the only reason right. a person would not have a cell phone is because they do not want to be reached. But it's like right. he's not super busy. Well, I guess he is super busy with the Red Sox. <laughs> well, it's funny because like at first with the cell phone, I thought that they were gonna try to make it this poetic deep thing because some of the movies we've covered, there's a character who does something like that. They're like, Oh, I don't have a cell phone, or like I only check the mail once every two weeks because of a poem I wrote when I was 17. And, you know, like, yeah, I, uh, but he doesn't even do that. He's just like, oh, yeah, I don't have a cell phone. <laughs> they were, okay. Maybe they were going for that. I wrote down one line uh, that she says to him. She's like, you have a lyrical soul. You can Ugh. love under the best and worst conditions. And then I wrote gross. <laughs> yeah, so, it's so gross. I thought that was gross. <laughs> Lyrical soul, like I guess I really the man that part when like the foul ball goes and hits her in the face, and then she and he's just like high fives the 
the guy who caught the ball. He's then, a sociopath. Like, <laughs> sociopath. And then they're at home and they, you see the replay and he just sort of laughs at the replay and she doesn't even really mind. She doesn't even, she doesn't mind. She's just like, she has oh, brain damage in that moment. So she's just like, this is right. fine. I was she had like, to get brain damage to stay with him. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like, right. I was like, did this become 51st dates? Did she just forget everything that happened there? I guess right? I would have, I was wishing at that point, I was like, oh, it would be cool if like she died. And then he had to like reckon with his own selfishness that like let him get to this point. What? Like, oh my God. And he was like sued by his fam- her family for like wrongful death. Like that would have been like a fun movie. <laughs> I was like, that's, that's like the turn I wanted. But. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That would have been a, like he more interesting. Yeah. It would have. <laughs> I mean, the, the whole setup is just like him. He doesn't have parent. His parents die. Is that what happens? His dad died. We know that his dad's dead because he makes a joke about it when when he's supposed to explain why he doesn't have a cell phone. <laughs> She's like, "Well, what if your dad gets sick?" He's like, "Oh, he's dead. I just found out today. Yeah. He died two years ago." And then he just doesn't answer the question. And I'm like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" <laughs> yeah, he'd really rather talk about his dead dad than answer this question. <laughs> yeah. He's like, <laughs> what what secret is he keeping there? So the writers, like, yeah. His dad dies. He's from Jersey. He moves to Boston to be with his uncle. And his uncle is really into um, baseball and the Red Sox. And that was like a huge part of his childhood and how he dealt with his trauma. And then his uncle died and left him season tickets. And that's that's supposed to explain everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's... That's all we're given. We're not even given, like, what was his childhood really like beyond that? You know, like, how was he treated by his peers? Like, why can't he interact with people outside of this? Like, there's no... Yeah, I guess, like, I definitely relate to and know people like and find interesting. Like, it could... It is, like, an interesting thing that you could explore of someone who has this deep obsession, which a lot of people do with this thing that they're sort of clinging to from childhood, whether it's sports or, or music or whatever it is, a band or something, you know, that sort of, they're sort of clinging to. But I think the arc of it then, like in a good movie is, would be to like, yeah, like you're saying, dive into why that's there and also realize that what the character needs is not, not that thing. Mm. You know? yeah. yeah, because the resolution of the film isn't that we he learns how to, you know, like balance life and baseball more. It's that she has to make a huge sacrifice. Right. She says she says you can have everything. She does the it's it's very it's very much a grease ending where it's like he was about to sacrifice for her. And then at the last second, the happy ending is like, don't worry she's going to change. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, Oh my gosh. The fact that he was going to change was so like, that was made so me feel cool. so much. I felt so much love. And I'm like, wow, who have you dated? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like I know there's a lot of shitty people I've encountered them, but like, really, sure. this is how low the bar is. Like, yeah. It's ugh. like, no, I will keep going to the games. I will keep putting up with you being a nightmare for half of the year, maybe more if they make the playoffs. Um, right. And, yeah. and, and it's weird. Cause at first he is charming in some ways. Like he's funny when yeah, he meets yeah. her friends. Like I liked mm-hmm. him then I was like, he's funny. He's trying all these things. And then it's like that just all disappears and it's just Red Sox. There's no balance. Yeah. Like their first date is actually like good because it's, you know, she gets sick. He takes care of her. He cleans her bathroom. He, he like, he sleeps on the couch. He right. rents a movie. Like he does, like, he's so impressive. Like, I wonder if it's a, he was so impressive at the very beginning that she was just like, he's going to be this impressive again. If I just wait. Yes. I've had that. I've had that with people. You have a really good first experience and you're like, I guess they're that person. And then it right. proves more and more they're not that person. This is actually just a weird moment. It's just a weird few months. But the first week was real. Right. Yes. <laughs> that was actually who they are. That was actually the relationship. This I don't know. They've been in a weird place the last <laughs> like, year. But yeah. like once we get back to how they were that one Wednesday. That one time. Yeah. yeah. That was like really then great. I think, so. and then I think we're going to be on a good foundation again. Yeah. You know? We just got to get <laughs> exactly. back to the basics of when I barely knew them. And right, right. It was, right. It was 
That's when shit was real. <laughs> yeah, that's when everyone's being really authentic. Yeah. The, the real situation. Yeah, it's it's like, I mean, they're the weird thing is like they have this good first date, and then he meets her friends pretty quick, and then and then they're just like, we don't really see them hang out ever again except at games. So it's like they really don't have a relationship. Yeah, I just really, I, yeah, I just don't know why. I just really don't get why why she likes him after the first <laughs> quarter of yeah. the movie. Like he's, they, they have nothing to talk about. <laughs> no, like she's like she's an adult who has this like important job, and she sure sort of like falls into. It's like he's not like in this universe. He's not like successful. He's not. He's like charming, but he's not like so charming that someone who'd be driven enough to be like a high powered career person would then just be like hung over at work because she was like cheering on David Ortiz all night. Like this just doesn't, right. it's like, I was just like, why every scene he's just being more and more of a dick and she's just forgiving it easier and easier. And I don't know why, I don't know why and we're then- still seeing them, why we were like rooting for them. And I felt I like I felt like the movie at first wanted to set it up as oh their relationship works because he's obsessed with the Red Sox and she's obsessed with work so like they can right. both like allow that for each other but then he never asks her about work like I felt like I could have bought that reasoning more if like she's going to games she's learning about the Red Sox she's in and then he's also like how's work going how's that project that's so cool about the promotion but that never happens so he never asks her about it's so weird like why like even even when I've worked jobs I hate if I'm if you're dating someone you ask someone how work was even if they hate their job you're just like how's it going you know and she loves her job and he's just like I don't know Oh, what were you going to say, Dan? <laughs> I was just going to say then the writers would have had to really define what her job is. And I don't think they ever got around to that. That's true, because so, I have no idea what her job was. <laughs> well, it's big <laughs> money stuff. She wears, a, she wears a jacket. So, you know, it's big money stuff. She walks around with a phone in the hall, like does a walk and talk. And then she sits at a big, big desk. So, you know, it's big money stuff. There's a lot of glass. When he comes with his students and like, you know, it's got like a nice opener where it's like, okay, well, I teach math and I want them to show like the kind of careers that you can get yeah. when you like know a lot of math. N- numbers. When you num- she, numbers. When you but numbers. What, <laughs> but what she explains is that what she's working on is how to make renting private jets more affordable. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow so maybe she does deserve him <laughs> she would yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, I was like uh, she would I like, like fully evict like our grandparents like oh, totally yeah <laughs> no i was like on board for the two of them as like a pair you know sometimes they just throw two like stars together and they have no chemistry yeah. but i was like on board for you know i think she's um i mean they're both like likable you know yeah, yeah but i guess i just I thought the characters, like, as drawn, were just pretty, like, she's just this archetype of, like, you know, work, work, but then just sort of sacrifices. I just think they very quickly pivoted from her being this, like, driven work person, which, okay, into this sort of, like, I just want a boyfriend, so I'm willing to sacrifice everything in my life to do it. And it's, like, I don't know why. why. Well, like... So I love Drew Barrymore. You know, I've mentioned this on the podcast many times before. And she, like, because this movie was so boring, I just kept on thinking about she's super fucking hot in this. I'm the bro of the podcast. I just, like, she's super hot. Her skin. She is. She's always very hot. She always is. She just, I just couldn't, like, I just kept on staring at her, just, like, looking at how amazing she was, and then looking at him, and then looking at her compromising for him. And You, I didn't, just, you didn't think that she should be with a guy who wore a disgusting beer-stained hat at every game? <laughs> with the literal beer stains on the side of the hat? No, I don't, yeah, I, I, it, I don't mind even him being a dick and not asking about, like, work or whatever, as much as, like, the fact, the fact that, it's just like in any of these like wrong uh, romantic movies where it's like there are those things, but they never have to. It's just like very emotionally dishonest because they never. He has these flaws, but he never has to like sacrifice anything. Nothing oh, is yeah. sacrificed. Well, he has see- to hold a pen. That's the one thing he almost gives away his tickets and he quivers holding a pen. That's the closest he gets to sacrificing a single thing for himself. 
Well, I feel like what like Drew Barrymore is going through in this movie kind of is because like the moment that is like her trying to prove that she can be in a relationship, like she's afraid she's like 30 and she really wants to be in a relationship, which is like I'm 28 and I've been in a relationship for four years. So I really don't know what that's like. Um, I have not been single in my 20s at all. So I don't know. But what it seems like is that because the moment that he says, "Okay," it's like a whole coming out moment. It's like I'm really into the Red Sox. And she's like, "Okay," And then he's like, no, you don't understand. (laughs) I'm really into the Red Sox. And then she immediately is just like, well, I'm not going to be one of those girls who's just like, pay attention to me and listen to me. And And like. So it's like she immediately is she ready so, to compromise. Yeah, she was also so quick to assume things about those other women, which I thought was w- like a red flag. For both of yeah, them. she was like, "Those other women." Suck. She's like, "Fuck those bitches," and he's I like, "Right, of, fuck those bitches." I was kind of like, I was kind of like on board. It was really like on board for that conversation, how that went in terms of like. I actually thought that was maybe maybe a more sincere kind of thing when like you're starting to date somebody and they tell you about the previous people they dated. And when you like somebody initially, you're just like, everything about you is great. And they tell you a thing and you're like, this other person had a problem with that. And I'm like, well, they must be stupid. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I'm yeah, better yeah. than them. You're Because you have the blinders on. You have the blinders on. So I was actually like kind of, kind of on board for that initial reaction. I but then that- once he becomes like a full sociopath, I don't know why she's still like, then she would just like leave, right? Right. She could have been re- like, "Oh, they were right." Yeah. <laughs> they were right about you. I think oh, I'm gonna go apologize actually, to them. Like- Can we start a group text? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Are they on a Slack? Let's drag him. Yeah. <laughs> I like. I think that her reaction makes sense, but then it's like she doesn't realize. Like once it starts going, it's like there's no moment where she just stops until she gets hit and literally hit in the head of the ball. There's no moment that she just stops and it's just like, "Oh, maybe those other women had a point." I would also love it if she had like talked to one of the other women. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been an amazing scene because I feel like it would just be like a really regular, like down to earth chick that's just like, listen, he missed my birthday party. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> She'd be like, I thought it was cute at first too, but then, you know, it kept happening and this shit exploded. Like, like I have a summer birthday. Like he would miss my birthday. Like that would not be okay. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I just feel like, yeah, I feel like if the if if she were written more honestly, like she would overhear, you know, Jimmy Fallon character's name. Let's just call him Jimmy Fallon. He's giving up his tickets, and she'd be like, "Oh, good, finally, what a loser!" Yeah, I can't wait till he life. crawls back, and yeah. I say no, <laughs> and I say no because I'm with my tall blonde business boyfriend, right? Who holds my dog? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wanted to see more of him i know yeah, right like, we don't really know anything about him but you know he's tall and uh has a suit and that's all you need he's yeah. important well yeah there's this recurring question in the movie where it's like okay uh why is this person 30 and not married yet and it's such a weird question because i can't imagine asking it unless you're from a small town i say that as a person from a small town like when i go home and all of my friends are married of course they ask the question like why aren't you married but it's like boston I mean, it's it's a metropolitan city. Why do they feel this need yeah. to be married at 30? It's weird. I mean, that's that's like a trope in so many of these movies that we cover, though. And it's like, even the ones that are really recently made that try to modernize their ideas and maybe try to make it feel more current, they still have this this like persistent trope of like this person is turning 30 and they're freaking out because they're not married and they don't have kids and it doesn't really fit with the rest of it. Like Drew Barrymore doesn't, she talks about wanting kids and I believe that, you know, I believe her character would want kids, but she doesn't feel like she would be in a rush. You know, she seems like she'd like freeze her eggs and she'd like take her time. Yeah. I guess, I guess they kind of establish, I guess they kind of established that she's like a little all over the place. Cause in one, in that scene, she's like, 
God, maybe I should be a teacher. I should have a vacation, da da da. And I'm like, well, that's why the character wants that. And then, like, the very <laughs> Wait, next huh? line, they're like, oh, there's a promotion. She's like, oh, I can get the promotion. And then the character does call her out and is like, I thought you wanted to be a, a teacher five seconds ago. She's like, no, I just, I'm hungry, you know? So I was like, all right, okay, at least they're pointing out she's like, yeah, zigzagging. Usually when I get hungry, I'm, I don't like have a whole like <laughs> plan to change my whole life. I just like yeah. get mad at something stupid. Right. <laughs> I'm not like, I'm going to be a teacher now. Yeah. <laughs> well, the weirdest thing about this movie, I think, is that in terms of like for on the scale of Ferrelli Brothers movies, this is the one where the women are most mature, but it almost mm. is just, but it's like a low bar. <laughs> really? Yeah. That must be, yeah, that's such a low bar. Well, it's just like, yeah, I don't know. There's just no... I just can't get past. I was just like, why is she okay with him being such a, a selfish loser? Yeah, like I really don't get it. Like my only like okay, so she has bad self-esteem, maybe hates herself and maybe he's really good in bed. Like I I truly I'm trying to figure it out. Like, I'm really he's such a strange like you both said that he's good in this movie and I won't disagree, but I think that he is such a strange presence on screen when he's trying to be a human being. Like, I don't... Oh, yeah. He has, like, comedian energy. <laughs> he has, yes, he has, like, um, I'm ready for the next... Like, when do I say the joke? Energy. Kind of, like... Yeah, I think... Anxious. I think when I say good, I, I mean, like, it's not like, wow, what a performance, but it's, like... I think, you know... Uh, this, Better the scenes, than you would expect. Yes, and the scenes with her where he's sort of playing off her and they're sort of bantering, that felt like I could see their chemistry. I'm sure she's good. I'm sure they're good together when she like goes on his show or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it feels like they have a good vibe. And I thought that playing within himself, but when he's like, when, when he was like freaking out about the Red Sox or like, I sort of bought that a little less, but I thought, I thought he was good when he was like staying within himself, which is when most comics are the best. Yeah. I think I have trouble understanding his emotional connection to the Red Sox, mostly because he's not good at playing it. Like, right, 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 right. Like I was talking about um, Uncut Gems earlier and it's like, I watch Uncut Gems. I understand why people love basketball. I watch Fever Pitch. I don't understand why people love baseball. Like I don't, like the movie has not made that argument for me. Right. That's kind of, yeah. I I thought of like, um, that's a good point about Uncut Gems because I thought of Field of Dreams in that way where it's like you watch that movie and I'm like, oh, I get, like, I feel like you could watch that movie even if you don't like baseball at all and still come away with this sort of like romanticized appreciation of baseball. Um, yeah. Whereas this one does not, I agree with you, it does, does not do that. It doesn't, yeah, it feels disconnected in that way. Like, he's just like, oh, here are the lines. Right, it feels everybody like. everybody else is like, yeah, we love it. And I'm like, right. do you? It doesn't, the Red Sox thing doesn't feel like, it feels like it, he could have just as easily been obsessed with like, you know, a Dave Matthews band or something. Yeah. Like it, do, it doesn't, it feels like random. It feels oh. random that it's the Red Actually, Sox. I love this alternate idea Matthews, where. I would, I would like No, that. that would be great. Cause like I did with, with the Drew Barrymore, Jim, Jimmy Fallon uh, chemistry. I did feel like, oh, if this was a better script, they do work together and they could be funny and like charming in a different romantic comedy script. So it feels like a yeah. waste of them in the same movie. Mm. Um, I mean, I think I think what needs to happen is we need to write a script where he's obsessed with Dave Matthews Band in 2020 during the pandemic. Um, <laughs> yes, that'd be so good. Also, just because I really need she's a She's a cam girl, uh, yeah. and they meet in a chat room. <laughs> yes, she's a high-powered cam girl. Yes. Oh, yes. Business, business cam girl. Business cam, fully, yeah. yeah. And he... Um, he runs like a discord channel about Dave Matthews or something. <laughs> yes. And she accidentally <laughs> logs into his zoom chat or something. Yeah. And that's how they meet. Yeah. Oh my God. We're joking that there are going to be a thousand of these rom-coms. Oh, in the next absolutely. Year. Oh my God. Yeah. I don't, and like, then I don't I'm going to be like secretly mad at myself for not trying to write one, even though I'll make fun of them. <laughs> be like, these are so stupid. Oh, I should have done mine. <laughs> I want to spoil a movie that I saw at Sundance that isn't out yet, and I realized that I can't do that. Um, But (laughs) I will move on and say that um, 
Now I'm just going to be thinking about like what movie, like what, what did you want to spoil? But you, you know, know don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Okay, I will you don't not. don't want to anger the internet. I'm sure that, no, I mean, I'm sure that the people like uh, the people who represent the film will like email me very angrily if I do that. Um, but Oh, I hope they're I, listening. <laughs> but I will say that like I, my small town that I went to, Everyone was obsessed with Dave Matthews. Uh, like they were, I remember one time I came into class and my teachers and some of the students were just like, oh yeah, we all went to go see Dave last night. <laughs> oh, first name. <laughs> it was just like, everybody was like hanging out with like my literature teacher at the Dave Matthews band. He concert. lives in Seattle now. And uh, one of his kids goes to the same like hippie school that one of that my nephew goes to. So my sister's met Dave Matthews a bunch of times. He's just like a dad, you know. I mean, he looks like a dad. Yeah. (laughs) I really, I really just pulled a random uh, reference there. I didn't know. I didn't know it was going to launch. This is how our podcast works. You guys have way more, way more knowledge of it than I. Unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, I just happened to live in a town where they were really into Dave Matthews, Fish, and Lady Antebellum, and that's because Lady Antebellum is actually from my town. Oh, that's good. The hometown pride. That was like hometown pride. Of course, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, do we like should we even talk about I mean, I feel like we talked about the plot, but we didn't lay it out. We we didn't lay out the plot. Which I think is fine. I, I think mean, it's fine because it's pretty self-explanatory. It's like you know, I mean, I think boy a really, meets girl, and then they ruin each other's lives. <laughs> I, I think like a real. I mean, the turning points are she gets her head, she gets hit in the head with that ball, which was like terrible. <laughs> really, the worst thing, one of the worst things that I've ever seen. Um, and then there is the pregnancy scare. Oh right, that was such a nothing plot that I forgot about it temporarily. Yeah, I was like, I was like, I like didn't see that coming within the plot. I was, I was like, okay, because I, I I don't think I ever saw the movie, so I, I was like, okay, I know every beat of how this is gonna go. Yeah. But I was like, oh, I, didn't, I wasn't expecting her to become pregnant, and then I was like, oh, she's not. But and it I was, was like, so okay. forced, in my opinion. Like that was so forced, like trying to make that a moment, but it didn't work. Yeah. Like where she's like, I'm late, and he's like, huh. <laughs> yeah he's like what you gotta understand i'm an idiot so. he's like i've never i don't know what a period is, <laughs> well, yeah, is this i thought a, you had like, a wound <laughs> very dumb the game's starting late is that yeah. what you mean it's also just like i don't understand how someone like her <laughs> wouldn't be on birth control i'm just like you're raw dogging it with jimmy fallon for real girl right? like, i don't you know. understand it's after the red sox game where anything they probably goes do the pull up method and he's like hey i'm really good at this because i'm a fan and so i use baseball to make me better at <laughs> pulling out yeah he probably he probably just like tried to finish into a glove and it's yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know he keeps all oh god yeah like a carl yastrzemski mitt that's just been like worn down so there's like a, a gap between the fingers no um and then she asked him to go to paris at that same time and he doesn't want to go can you fucking imagine i can't imagine not wanting <laughs> was, to go to paris I was, not like, a- I was like if she's gonna fly if drew garimore is gonna fly me to paris i'll cancel my spots for the week like i'm i'm yeah. fine like yeah I'll, I'll live. I would like murder, like maybe like a distant cousin. You know what I mean? Like I'd I'd be there. Yeah, yeah. yeah like I'd be like, I'd who do I need to sacrifice? Yeah, I'm going yeah. to Paris. Let's go. Yeah, I had some shitty cousins that threw apples at me once. Like I would kill. Them. <laughs> you kill them? They threw apples at you once. What's the context for that? <laughs> we were near an apple tree, and they decided that I was the target for them throwing apples. How wow. old were you? uh like 10 okay yeah that's prime <laughs> and that's prime like apple throwing time <laughs> i love it that memory like stays with you <laughs> i'm very ma- i'm still very mad about those apples yeah i would be yeah <laughs> i have a i have a cousin who um is like blue lives matter and does beauty pageants and definitely would sacrifice her <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> I know even, she's not listening to this because she's a care. <laughs> you'd sacrifice her even to not go to Paris. You'd sacrifice her. I just, think I'd just sacrifice her for the greater good. For the greater good, yeah. 
for humanity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the, okay, so the other big moment, the big moment that breaks them up is that her friend is having a birthday party and it's the Katie Strickland one. Oh, yes. And she has this like giant, like great Gatsby <laughs> themed. Bir- this is what I mean by I hate these people. Cause like, what the fuck? Like, wh- y- y'all are grown. This is not your 15th birthday if party. If you ever invited me to something like that, bro. <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> no it's, it's and like, so- come to my catcher in the, the rye soiree. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, so she's like, you have to go to this party and he doesn't want to go because he's going to miss a game. And then he goes, he has a great time. They fuck. Then his friend calls him after fucking, like she's making, like, we just fucked omelets in the, in the kitchen. Yeah. It's a call. And the Red Sox won this game against the Yankees. And then he turns on the TV and he sees all these white people being extra as they do about their baseball or whatever. And then he decides he's so upset that he missed it, that he picks a fight with her. And then they break up because he missed one game where the Red Sox won. Um, and my thought is that the Red Sox won because he wasn't there. <laughs> That's my thoughts. Yeah. They start losing as soon as That's he comes funny. back. That's funny. He's like, they need me. And they're like, we He's really don't. He's, <laughs> Please it's, go. It's not the curse of the Bambino. It's the curse of the Fallon. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. The curse of the Fallon sounds like a modern emo band. Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. That could be a thing. For the next obsession, instead of yeah, sucks. <laughs> no, I guess yeah. I, I was trying to think. I was like, I mean, I guess it's like, I mean, you guys could probably speak to this better, but it's like, I'm sure this is a, th- a, a thing that relates in terms of like the woman having to make every sacrifice in a relationship, uh, with yes. a man who's very, very reluctant to do so. Um, but then I guess. So it's okay, I guess, if you want to show that. But then I guess the reason the movie is ultimately not good is then at the end, he still doesn't have to make a sacrifice. In the end, yeah. it's just like one, she just makes one more big sacrifice for him. So it's like it's him being fully selfish throughout, like a brief moment of guilt, and that's like the conflict. The conflict is he is like guilty for a moment, and then it's resolved where his guilt is absolved because under this fantasy of like you can sort of have it all you know yeah and it's like a lot of these we've noticed and i am not thinking of examples right now but some of the other movies we've covered there's this theme of like the career woman and that's her whole identity but then after she falls in love she realizes that she should just stop oh my god (laughs) and that's such a thing that happens in these movies and it's always like oh well she finally realized and it's it's not always the exact same arc as this but it's usually a similar thing of like she needs to calm down about her 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 career so that she can be in love and she finally realized and it's like it's right. so overt, you know? Like, it's, wow, this is such overt messaging. This is like my least favorite kind of story. Like, I don't, if you, I can't remember why I was so angry on the Leap Year episode, but when I go back and listen to it, I'm just so mad because it's just like, she gives up her career to be with like this like Irish countryman who like owns a bar and I just, I'm getting angry just thinking about it. Well, the reason that I was so angry during the Leap Year episode was that the whole time he's just like making fun of her for like caring about her goals. And then like, he like nags her into a relationship. Yeah. So it's like, it's like he's, I don't know, on, he's like red pilled in, but he's like in a mountain. Like, I'm like, how are you red pilled? Like in the green hills? Like what's going on? (laughs) Yeah, that's what? a good. That's a good. That's a good point. You're making. Yeah, it's the career woman, I guess, and the message is just that she gives up. But here, it's like it's not even like she's giving up so they can like have a family or something like she wanted to. It's like she's giving up so they can focus on him and the Red Sox. You know? <laughs> his his one way on like, relationship on with like this. spring training, and maybe one day they'll have a baby that he'll you know, that they'll name after a Red Sox person and put in little baby Red Sox onesies or whatever. Oh. It's just like, it's like, all right. I, I can't believe happy. he goes to Florida for training. 
I will say I have a friend who does uh, that. Who does that. <laughs> she goes every year with her mom and they love it. That's their bonding thing. Well, see, that's like wholesome, like going with her mom. Yes, that's true. Yeah, that's cute. That is cute. Yes. But yeah, she. <laughs> I. it's just like this idea of like, and I feel like the Ferrelli brothers maybe wanted to do this script so much because their whole thing is that there is some amazing woman to obsess over from movie to movie to movie. Like, I think the only time there isn't one is The Three Stooges, which is the one that I have not seen yet. Right. <laughs> the Ferrelli brothers, The Three Stooges. Right. But there's always, like, a dream woman, a woman who's just incredibly accommodating. Like, the whole point of Hall Pass is, like, their wives are just like, we don't want our relationships to end. Let's let our husbands just go fuck someone for a week. Yeah, they're perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's just, like, this whole, yeah, this... She she listens, she hangs out with the bros, she drinks a beer. It's like that cool girl speech from Gone Girl. Yeah, it is. It really is. It's just like she's in a Red Sox outfit eating pizza, never gaining weight forever. <laughs> <laughs> just like a nightmare. <laughs> just like, strangle me with that image. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, this is this is surely a film. Like I don't know, like I <laughs> surely, like I, surely. I, I had to turn off a Grace Jones documentary to watch it. Oh, I, I love that on, documentary. The, I kept the on blood and yes, yeah. I kept on great. missing the documentary the whole time. You're like, bring it back to me. <laughs> so I guess that's my that's my recommendation. Watch that Grace Jones documentary that's on Hulu. <laughs> You get to yeah, meet that's, that's our alternative mom. to Fever Pitch. It's like a completely opposite, different vibe. But yep. that's honestly what we want people to have is a completely different experience. <laughs> I mean, if you want to like baseball, you can watch Field of Dreams, as mentioned earlier. Yes. Or you can watch oh. Bull Durham, which is also good. Yeah, they're you- good. They're good. Like, yeah, obviously, they're very good, like sports uh, movies that where the sport that's being used is like, it needs to be that sport. You know? Yeah. And you understand the relationship to the sport, even if you're not into sports or that sport or right. whatnot. That's, that's the sign of like a great one where it's somebody who does not care at all about yeah. football or basketball or whatever can still be into it. You know? I mean, honestly, watch, bend it like Beckham, you know, great soccer movie. Or you yeah. could watch A League of Their Own, which is written, uh, written by these two guys, turns out. <laughs> oh, they what? wrote A League of Their Own? They wrote the two what? guys that wrote this movie wrote a league of their okay, own. Okay, what I just died. I don't know how to respond to that. That's crazy. They well, know like, <laughs> they knew how to type how a baseball field looks. They just needed that. <laughs> it turns out they did. I mean, it turns out that the first script was written by women and that the men rewrote it. So that's a tidbit about a league of their own that I did not know. That's that's so funny. They added details it's, about the field. That's so funny. <laughs> They're like, maybe we could cut this conversation between the female characters and just add a description of the field yeah. <laughs> so our page count doesn't get too high. <laughs> Can we Babaloo. Let's just give let's put a little more Hanks in there. Yeah, yeah. A lot of ladies. How does he feel? You know, how does he feel? (laughs) That's really funny. That's really funny. They tried having women, right? About all women, and they were like, okay, we sail too close to this. This is a lot. This is a lot for us right now. So, (laughs) we already have a few. They already had a female director, guys. They did it. <laughs> yeah, we got a female director. It's already mostly ladies talking. So let's right. Just, we don't want to alienate, you know, half of the population. <laughs> let's just make sure that the words are good men words. Yeah, you know? yeah. Mm. <laughs> Would you recommend this movie, guys? Oh, no. No, no. Never. I mean, it's not, I will say this, because I like Drew Barrymore and because Jimmy Fallon is funny at moments in this, it's not as bad as some of the ones we cover. Like some of them are like, like I feel like um, something heavy is slowly being dropped onto my feet the entire time. Like (laughs) uh, this one's not on that level, but it's not a good movie and it's not even like a fun, bad movie. It's just kind of like frustrating. Right. Yeah. I think there's some... 
like rom-coms that are like active poison, you know, just like pollution, just like dumping onto. And I don't think it's that. I don't think this is that, but I also just think it's kind of, it's stupid, you know? Yeah. It's stupid. And their love is a lie and I hope she gets free. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like get free. Yeah. Just like, just be done with this. Yeah. If you want to watch a movie with Jimmy Fallon and watch almost famous. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Forget about him being in that. Yeah, he is in that. <laughs> There's so many other good things happening. I'm like, oh, that's cool. He's there. <laughs> yeah, almost famous is good as hell. Like I rewatched it recently, and it's like it's like poetry, I, man. I really love it. I really love that movie. I haven't watched it in a while. Maybe I'll rewatch it this weekend. You should. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Well, this is the Bad Romance Podcast. You can listen to us on all of the apps, the Stitchers, the Google Play, the Apple Podcast, all that Spotify. shit. Uh, you can rate us on iTunes. Please do that. You know, quarantine, peak podcast hours, but don't be don't be distracted by all the new podcasts. Listen to this one that's yeah, been going on been, for years. We were doing this before everyone was forced to. Before so. it was cool. <laughs> we were doing it um and also remember that our theme song is sung by clutch douglas and they're from seattle and they're a really cool band and we will be back probably pretty soon like there were a couple gaps around there will probably not be any more gaps until this whole thing ends because (sighs) And Dan, where can people follow you online? Do you have anything you want to plug? Oh, yeah. Uh, at Dan J. Perlman. Uh, it's P-E-R-L-M-A-N. Dan J. Perlman on Twitter and Instagram. Um, I have my stand-up album comes out uh, May 1st. Uh, it's called Emergency Contact. It'll be available wherever you, you listen to stuff. And uh, I have the show Flatbush Misdemeanors. You can watch online, flatbushmisdemeanors.com. Hell yeah. You should all follow Dan and watch and listen. Yeah. And um, everybody should wash your hands. Yes. And stay the fuck away from each other. And stop <laughs> buying all the fucking almond milk. Some of us are lactose intolerant. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> I've been Bronwyn Isaac. I've been Jordan Searles. Goodbye. And Dan. Oh, yeah, I've been Dan. <laughs> Sorry, right, we didn't bye. give him the how we say goodbye. Bye. Bye. Mwah. Yeah. Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck.